0: Hi, and welcome to the Meetings and Events podcast. My name is Joelle Morgan and I'm your host. Today we're talking about the outlook and forecast for 2023 for the live events industry. And part of that is we're doing a deep dive into three critical trends that are going to help inform our events strategy for the coming year. I'm joined by Tim Woodring, the Chief Solutions Officer here at Unbridled, and I can't wait to show you our conversation today. welcome to our first podcast of 2023. With me here today, I have Tim Woodring, who is the Chief Solutions Officer here at Unbridled. Welcome, Tim.
1: Hello. Good to be here. It's
0: great to have you. Now, I know you and I've known you for a number of years and I've had the privilege and pleasure and fun of getting to work with you. Sure. Um, But a lot of our listeners would like to know a little bit more about who you are and what your background is. And today we're talking about How to look at the future through the past and really gain a great strategy to be successful as an Invent professional. And I'd really love to hear your background and history in terms of what's kind of equipped you for what we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, pleasure to be here and thanks for having me. Um, You know, so my background, I started in advertising and, you know, in the ad agency world and worked my way up through art direction into, you know, doing a lot of brand strategy for different healthcare companies, networks, big brands. And in 2013, I started at Unbridled. I was looking for something else, you know, kind of in the, the ad space. It just felt like a little bit was like selling the same old stuff and I just couldn't deal with another digital campaign and clickbait and all that stuff. I wanted something else and something different. And part of the catalyst for that was I started a master's in fine art and design thinking, which is a research-based degree and completed that in 2013. And So just 2000- a small degree? Just a small degree, yeah. Just a small degree. And that really springboarded and I just wanted more, you know. And so I started at Unbridled 2013 and that was my first foray into the events world. I didn't really even realize it was an industry beforehand and now just, you know, to see the magic of events, I think it's something special and, you know, how much more you can connect, communicate through the course of event has really sparked my interest and really driven, you know, the past nine years of my career at Unbridled and starting with more of traditional design, kind of doing what I knew with art direction with our clients and expanding that into doing more and more content, more strategy with our clients, you know, and increasing the deliverables uh, you know, into something that we, we could offer more to our clients, more connective tissue, you know, more thinking, etc. And you know, for the past couple of years, Uh, my focus has really been, you know, what is chief solutions officer? It's kind of, it sounds like a made up title, (laughs) which it is, but it also, you know, one of the things that I'm entrusted with and, and really love to do as well is look ahead and try and figure out, you know, what is the marketplace doing? How do we need to position ourselves as a company for success to continue to offer value to our clients, to continue to offer ways that we can connect them with their people? And so that's, that's really what I, that's, that's a big part of what I do at Unbridled.
0: I love that so much so in a lot of ways not only are we looking at developing solutions for our clients in a really tangible way part of your role here at Unbridled and and the breadth of knowledge that you bring is really the ability like if we were on a ship for you not just to captain the ship but to really jump up into the crow's nest and look at what the weather systems and patterns look like in the future and the trade winds that are coming our way and I know we've all been through some interesting and weathered some interesting storms over the last few years right Uh, and we're all kind of coming out of that but it doesn't mean that there aren't future challenges and so I'd love to have you kind of unpack for 2023 the beginning of a new year let's kind of hit pause and Yuck. let's look at what we've been going through what are the patterns what are the cycles that you're seeing right now and what does that mean for this coming year or even the next couple of years and and where we can position ourselves moving forward into that
1: yeah, absolutely. I love that you use nautical terms in you know what we're talking about. It's you know standing up, looking out, but you also have to have experience with like how the sea works, mm-hmm. right? Um, and how to navigate it, and what, what are the signs to look for? And you know, change is constant, so we're constantly renewing how we're thinking about how to. And technology is changing, even you know you think nautically changes how to navigate our current circumstance. And as you mentioned, yeah, we've come out of a season of a lot of change between the pandemic, you know, but that just catapulted and and springboarded so many different things that were already happening in the world. And so, you know, as we thought about, as we talked, you and I talked about like what to start off the year with in terms of the podcast, I think that, you know, there's this natural cycle that occurs within corporations with year-end planning just like the seasons of change, right? in which we, we set aside some time to review what, what the past year was and meant, mm. what we learned in that process, but then also to look ahead. Some of that's practical, like forecasting, like how do we forecast change? So we need to know, you know what are the differences in cost, how much, does, how much do things cost? You know, there are practical reasons for budgeting for that, but then also, how has society changed? How have people changed? How have our relationships with employees changed? And so I think that knowing those things is really critical as we try and plan ahead to say, you know, what do we do? What are the things that we need to change about, you know, how we did things last year and how we do things this year, whether that's practical budgeting or, you know, really strategic planning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So where do you really see the the value of where knowledge can come? Is it understanding the root causes around change and human psychology and behavior? Is it really kind of tactically going through, well, this is what 2023 looks like. We have cost challenges. We have um, airline travel challenges still. Uh, Do we hold those values in tandem or is there one that you would particularly prefer to kind of say,
1: this is where we want to start? Yeah, I think that there's, a lot of interesting patterns happening. You know, I think the more that we know, the more we know, the more information you have, the more fidelity you have in the the image and the resolution gets higher. And so I think, you know, one positive things for live events, especially, uh, you know, for meeting planners is that demand for events has never been higher. There's a pent up demand and the lingering effects. There's not many organizations that we're talking to today that have much concern around COVID. Uh, or, or really event safety beyond kind of a, uh, what are the requirements? Yeah. H- how do we have a safe event? It's not like they're throwing caution to the wind, but they're not necessarily spending more for testing or any interest in, in some of the protocol around that. And, and that follows with the states and, and the guidelines we're seeing there. And so that's a positive thing. And, and with it, there's this pent-up demand where organizations are, are really hungry for events and so i think that that's great you know business travel as a whole has not recovered from the pre-pandemic times and i'm not sure that it will for some time in the u.s we're seeing that travel as a whole is coming close to pre-pandemic levels but business travel is less uh, is a smaller portion of that
0: what do you put that down to
1: i I think about it i mean a few years ago if we had a meeting with a client we would jump on a plane and we'd go for a one-hour meeting and and we would Uh, connect in person over some of that content now you know the digital literacy around video conferencing and and how to do that how to conduct meetings well in that way has gone up so much as a result of the pandemic that we don't necessarily have to do those trips Um, and uh, other things like the, the role of a salesperson within a lot of organizations used to be that those were road warriors and they were on the road you know meeting with different people going to different cities and places and we're seeing that it's less critical as a part of a sales cycle to be in front of someone, and so really, just the way that people work has changed significantly, yeah. and that's having cascading effects on things like business travel. But because of that lack of business travel, you know, some of the costs for flights have gone up because there's you know we're seeing flight patterns go away, uh, different routes go away and whatnot, and so it, it does have an effect on live events as well.
0: Absolutely, because I now event professionals are really having to tailor their budgets far more around hard costs.
1: Absolutely. You have
0: to move people to a certain place, or and therefore diminishing other like-to-haves yeah. in order to get people to one place, or looking at hybrid options. Sure. So, we are seeing that. Absolutely,
1: you know, it, I just mentioned that the you know, safety is not necessarily as great of an obstacle for the meeting professional, especially as we look at year-over-year results between 2020 and 2021 to now. The biggest obstacle in a recent survey that planners said is cost. Yeah, It's, you know, it's it's a lot of different concerns around costs. It's cost going up, it's availability, It's uh, having uh, enough budget to to meet the requirements of the event. And it's a big challenge for today's meeting professionals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What advice would you have for them as they're kind of navigating this? And then to compound my question, give you a two for one. Sure. um, The big R word that's on the horizon, which is recession. Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it, it is a big challenge. For organizations and you know if you're dusting off your 2019 budget and hadn't held an in-person meeting in there you could find that costs have gone up you know by 30 plus percent and that's huge considering you know that many of these budgets have been tailored to a specific attendee size um, and you know venue size and so if you're dealing with 30% cost increase over a couple of years it'd be challenging to hold the same type of event yeah. Only a couple years later, um, and so we're seeing that cost, you know, you, when you look at inflation, up on average 7% over quarters, you know, that's a big challenge. And so, you know, what that means for the event professional and for today's organizations is that they're going to be asked to do more with less. Yep. Yeah. So we've got ev- you know, events in the highest demand ever. Things cost more than ever for those of events you know and so it's a it's a really challenging situation albeit you know it's great to have the demand um, but what I do see happening you talk about looking ahead is that organizations internal events are the fastest growing category in events right now and so corporations are really desperate. i talking about work has changed more significantly in the past couple of years than in the past 20. You know the idea of hybrid work you know working from home flex schedules all that stuff has really become mainstream and so the ways that organizations connect with their employees is altogether different in only a couple of years and but with that I think that one of the challenges that most organizations are facing and I would also say employees is that the the level of connective tissue between the organization and the employee and the employee to the organization it the the it's being pulled and it's it's less obvious how those connections are going to take place. They're not going to take place around the water cooler in the same way that they might have a generation ago. Uh, Now they're taking place through really important events. Uh, And so that's why internal events are rising so quickly is because organizations are, are really looking to them as a vital catalyst for connection. So with that, I think that we'll see with a lot of organizations that they're going to increase their budgets for events because they realize how valuable they are and frankly they don't have another mechanism by which they're going to create those connections
0: Yeah. other than some of those events. No, that's fascinating. Well, It's it's such an interesting place to be I think in our industry right now. It's almost like we're on the precipice of um, a really fast, Uh, steep learning curve coming our way and I don't think it's a bad one because I think you know as you start looking at uh, some of the hallmarks that are going past us as we're kind of going up this learning curve you're seeing some changes here and you and I have talked about this some of um, you you know our titles are changing where instead of looking for your original event manager position we're actually seeing positions like uh, employee experience lead and as part of that portfolio Within that is a huge um, value being placed on someone that can navigate events as part of employee engagement.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, the change in language and how we refer mm. to things is part of a, a bigger consideration of how paradigms shift. One of the ways that you know that a paradigm has or is shifting is when you start to see the introduction of new language, new vocabulary for how we refer to things new ways of doing things. It's also where you get the term, like, the new normal, which became ubiquitous, right, after the pandemic, right? Like, it was used for everything. And you get all these greats. Every week, I feel like I see a new great, you know? There was the, the great reset, the great resignation, you know, the the great whatever. It's like the the great great, you know? But that's also a sign of new language. And a lot of this thinking comes out uh, from a guy named Thomas Kuhn who wrote a book called The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. And in it, he basically proposed that change isn't incremental. It's not something that happens slowly over time through these small increments. Some things do change that way, but not necessarily people and society. Instead, there are challenges to the way that we do things uh, over some time, and then there's a crisis that propels change into this new normal. That language and that term is actually from Kuhn. Same with paradigm shift. And so it really changed the way that people think about societal change and the adoption of new you know, uh, ways of doing things, essentially. And so I think that organizations are, are seeing that. And the new way of doing things is that we have to find new ways to communicate and connect with our people and that events are going to be critical parts of that. And one of the things that happened with the pandemic is that, I think we saw that the event planner got a new seat at the table. Yeah. With executives, with communications, marketing, technology as well, right? We talk about the complexity of events increasing. A lot of that happened through the pandemic. And so I think that as we've seen that trend continue, now we're seeing that new language where organizations, you know, what do they need? Well, they need connection. They need community unlike ever before. They need experiences with their employees that, that build you know, connection. And things are more complex. And so with it, we're seeing event titles for what would formerly be you know, a corporate event planner to turn into things like community builder mm. or community designer or event strategist. Right. You know, and, and the data tracks with that as well. You know, one of the things that we did was we looked at Google Trends um, and, you know, that's a, it's a really good indicator for what the general public is looking at or interested in. So when you look at Google search trends, you can see that since 2004, event planning has been decreasing steadily. Interesting. Up until it reached its lowest point in 2021 to 2022. So it's lower now than ever. It's, it's just kind of on a slow decrease, yet at the same time. Starting in about 2005 to 2006, we started to see event strategy pop up on the map in terms of uh, Google search trends and interests. And when I say you know these, these search trends, this is any content that's on the internet. So this would include anything from best practices, articles, eBooks, uh, actual books, also job titles, what people are interested in looking for. So we saw that way before the pandemic, that interests and thinking around event planning had been decreasing for years. And then, way before the pandemic, we saw that the idea of event strategy had hit the map. Well, what's the difference in a strategy and a plan? Yeah. Uh, a plan, generally speaking, is something that is somewhat linear. It's, you can accomplish it with, a, with some straightforward steps. But when you have something that's wildly complex, you need a strategy. Because you can't necessarily approach it with like, hey, we're going to go to A, B, and C. It's more so like you've got A minus the square root of <laughs> parenthesis right. 6 divided by you know, 8 to the 10th power or something like that. You know, it's complex, and it requires collaboration. It requires a lot of knowledge about a lot of things in order to, to solve the things. And, and, and it requires you know, a multi-step, multifaceted strategy to approach it. And that's what today's events are. They're more complex than ever before. And that's why we're seeing this new language pop up and the role of the event professional changing into something that has to be more strategic and, and has to know a lot about a lot in order to, to make informed decisions.
0: Absolutely. I think it's fascinating. I think you've dropped like at least 72,000 nuggets in that. So if you're listening, I recommend you rewind five minutes and take a listen to that again Uh, and one of the things that i think is so fascinating even and you know putting all of your comments together here tim is that even with the focus around concern around COVID decreasing um costs being a challenge for our industry and and the wider industries as as a whole there really is still such a significant place for the meeting professional. Absolutely. And in fact, the need for meeting professionals hasn't gone gone away. It's more like we're no longer event managers that are just tacticians. We've become event designers, the human experience designer, the strategist to be able to create um, a holistic experience for attendees. And I think that that's one thing that we're all starting to coalesce around is what the meeting professional has known for years and years and years, which is we're not just tactical check a box, we're actually creating a human experience for attendees. One that is whilst ephemeral, memorable, and therefore connective. Your point about connective tissue is absolutely spot on. And, And even I'll get you to talk about even how human psychology works and having our fingers in those pies as event strategists and event professionals and event designers is going to give us far better tools to create a holistic multi-dimensional experience for attendees that really starts to connect companies with their people absolutely and the research around the loneliness epidemic i know you've looked into this and people saying that whilst they are appreciating the flexibility to work from home they feel more and more isolated in fact 60 years ago most people counted 13 close friends yeah and today, it's more like what one or
1: two. One or two in the U.S. Yeah.
0: And yeah. how does that then start to impact our industry and
1: what we do? Yeah, you know, I, I think that it is a challenge for the event professional, and, but it's it's really a challenge for society, the right. world, and and especially organizations because they're they're dealing with the ramifications of loneliness you know when we say loneliness that's one construct that or disengagement it's related to the same thing
0: yeah
1: it's dissatisfaction with life in a sense disengagement um burnout can can lead in there uh you know wildly popular article from adam grant last year on languishing and just how many people resonated with that idea but i think one maybe at the core of it is disconnection which okay. could generally be called loneliness. Interesting. And so, you know, as you mentioned, you know, friendship is a big part of that. And ac- actually, the the way by which, at least in the U.S., most U.S. adults meet their closest friend or their best friend is through work. Fifty-six percent wow. of close friendships are formed through the workplace or a spouse's or significant other partner's workplace. Wow. Okay. And so, it you know. Some of this research and this conversation is really at the bleeding edge of, of what organizations are dealing with, what researchers are trying to unpack and solve, what consultants are attempting to do too. And we haven't necessarily seen all of the fallout from it just yet. Okay. Um, because friendships are, are started to dwindle, especially during the pandemic, accelerated by the pandemic. But now we're seeing that with some of the work trends between hybrid and remote work. That's being exacerbated. And so we don't even know what all the ramifications are going to be from it, but we know that people are lonelier, and we also know that you know there's really good data from Cigna on loneliness that I would encourage people to get into. Not that you want to get into the loneliness <laughs> research, but it is fascinating to see that you're three times more likely to have health issues you know you're twice as likely to have sleep problems depression through the roof like there are all of these things that come out of being disconnected that are bad mm. for people mm. and when things are bad for people at scale it's bad for society and the world and so i think that i think events are a part of that a really significant part of that and they're you know one of the, one way to learn how something how important something is to you is to lose it So take your health as an example, you know, you don't think about how thankful you are to be well and healthy until you get really sick and then you realize this impacts everything. How I would just love to be healthy, you know, I think organizations saw that with events. What happened when you lost them for a few years, at least in the way in which they're the most robust being face to face and in person, you know, and, and the virtual events, they got us there, but I think it just gave us a taste that it's not enough still yeah it's not as good as it could be yeah and so i think organizations are seeing that and the world's feeling that people feel more disconnected and people generally they want to feel connected it's a natural state for people to desire community and connection and i think that events are going to be a critical part about about that but they're not going to be enough
0: that's interesting So when we're looking at events through this lens, it really becomes such a fascinating kind of kaleidoscope of options and different ways to present something. And I think about as I develop relationships in my own life, and I'm sure you would say the same thing, is that my closest friendships or my closest connections really are the culmination or the collection of my memories. The things that I've experienced yeah. in my life. It's not just the didactic things that I've learned that help me do my job better or that get me from A to Z in my car. It, When I look back on those things and what I look forward to in life, yeah. really is about connection. Yeah. And not just connection with other people, but also feeling, and this is talking more about like my drivers, but I think it's potentially for all of us like are you a part of something that's bigger than yourself sure and can you buy into that and it's not so much about that bigger question but really workplaces are i think trying to answer that question by providing connection providing inspiration and motivation and and something that you can aspire and ascribe to that keeps you in a place where you're continuing to feel motivated and and growing and growth orientated. And I think events are very much a place for that. So how do you strategize against that very big picture, almost amorphous, vague, yeah. but super important thing? Yeah.
1: Yeah, mission critical, vital. I, I could have just say. asked
0: you the biggest question in the world. So yeah. if you could solve it, like right here today, here, folks, it's I, coming right now.
1: I've got it. Perfect. I've got the, I've, I know no, no, not the solution, but I've got some thoughts. Well,
0: you're the chief you solution. Just right? give us the, cheap, right. the chief. We need <laughs> the chief solution. I'm the chief of solutions.
1: <laughs> when something big happens, people say something like, oh, that was eventful. True. That I like that. You know? And I, I, I can tell you, you know, Uh, sometimes like I couldn't tell you what happened in March of 2014 that whole month I just like I I can't recall anything of that but I can tell you that in August of 2014 I took a trip to Italy Mm -hmm. and I could replay you days from that trip yeah start to finish the places the colors the smells the sights, the people that I met the experiences that I had Mm -hmm. and so When we think about events, you know, the event design collector refers to anything that's two or more people gathering as an event. And I think that we're seeing this, you know, you talked about a kaleidoscope, this proliferation, this new language, this new thinking, this new role in the organization, these new titles. It's all part of something bigger that's happening within events, which is that we're trying to connect the world. And we know that that connections happen through meaningful experiences. That's why we form those memories. That's why we recall, We can recall those things because something significant happened. And those are where relationships are formed. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a relationship to a place, it's also where people feel energized and fueled. It's around those experiences and connections that happen in them. And so I think that today's organizations and, and today's meeting professionals and event professionals, they're in the best place to be because the world is hungry and it's disconnected. It's hungry for connection and they're a part of that. We all are a part of that in this industry and I think we need to take hold of that yeah. and really own that and show up with that seat at the table, show up adding value to today's organizations and, and making connections like i before and I think organizations are going to realize like, wow, this is one of the most important things we can do. Other than having a good product or service that we yeah. get to our customers, it's motivating and inspiring the people that are part of that process. And we've, we've got to have good experiences to do that.
0: I completely agree. So we've talked about in this podcast some really big ideas. We've talked about some critical trends. We've kind of teased a few different things. That I think people can go away and look at too. Uh, but what in your mind really are the next tactical, practical actions that event professionals could take away from this and really start to put into their everyday lives?
1: Yeah, I mean, we basically took on the world's problems, right? Like, we're more disconnected, but we are part of that connection. But I think that, you know, so we've prepared some advice that we're connecting with our clients on in terms of what to look out for this next year. And I'll I'll share those with, with our listeners. The first is that events are more complex than ever before. And, you know, with that, you've got to have, you've got to understand... How they works all the different components of events you know technology is blurring the lines between the physical and the digital and you know we're seeing that events are going to continue to be virtual at least for some time some percentage of the organization's events but hybrid events or even if you're at an event and it's not hybrid you expect a digital experience that's True. fluid that's intuitive etc well in order for event professionals to do that they really have to understand the technology stack for events. They have to understand how it works, how to design for it, how to design agendas around it, attention spans changing, H- how we want content is changing. You know, the attendees' desire for networking is through the roof. People are desperate for connection, as we've mentioned. And so I think for event professionals, it's it's really, you know, taking that strategic lens. It's It's paying attention to the world. It's doing the research. So that you can come to the table with that strategy. Yeah. You know, and we have a great tool for event planners uh, called the Event Strategy Framework. You can go to EventStrategyFramework.com. It's just a framework by which you can frame up your event and, and the strategy for it, questions to ask, answers to give. And so that, that would be a good place to start. Another trend is we talked about costs, and that is the biggest obstacle for event professionals today and for the organization is that costs have gone up and things are still in high demand and so I think that in that time most planners what they're doing is changing their requirements for the meeting. So the 60% of the change that we're seeing in events year over year is changing their requirements because they may not be able to get the budget or even if they can get some more budget it's not enough to continue to produce the same exact event. And so what does it look like to change their requirements and I think that in this you know partnership is key and so you know having strong partners uh, that are partners, not vendors, mm. at every level, whether that's with your hotel, your AV company, uh, or your third party planner like Unbridled is, uh, within your organization, you know, and within your team, you've got to have uh, collaboration because it's a more complex deliver- deliverable and it takes more people to pull it off. And I think that's where we're going to see even innovation come up. What does it look like to change the requirements? What if we change the type of people that are coming, the number of people that are coming, uh, or where the event is? We're seeing a lot more domestic uh, travel for events and things that are closer to a headquarters, uh, which requires you know less time away from home, maybe shorter duration. A lot of three day events are going to two days. We're seeing different patterns in that. And so there's gonna be a lot of innovation that takes place with that too. Yeah. And then lastly, as we talked about with the really big idea, I think it's it's owning the seat of the table as a connector, as a community builder. And that doesn't mean that everyone's title is going to change from corporate event planner to community designer, you know, and, and sometimes some of that language isn't actually helpful, but it is speaking to something that's happening and that organizations are going to need. And so figure out what it looks like to connect, talk with your attendee base. Say, how are you feeling? What do you need right now? Facilitate networking, but not just throwing people in an empty room and providing drinks, but How are we creating connections through technology? Can we use AI to power digital connections over mutual interests or area, locality, whatever the interest may be or or whatever that cross-section could be? It's it's owning being a connector of people and a community builder. And I think that if event professionals do that, and as organizations see this vital need in today's work and, and how that unfolds, I think that the seat of the table is just going to continue and that what we do is going to continue to be more and more significant as a part of our everyday lives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that you are just a wealth of information and knowledge and... I'm so grateful for your time today. I think everyone can walk away from this conversation with questions and some, some answers and some inspiration. And I know I, for one, um, are incredibly excited about what the future holds for our industry and for what we're doing in it. Uh, I think 2023 is going to be a good year, despite some challenges and despite some concerns. I think that there is a lot of optimism, like we were saying earlier, about what this year is going to be for all of us. And so I just want to thank you for your time here today. Uh, Really value you and, and look forward to having you back again here on our podcast.
1: Thank you, Joelle.
0: Thank you. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at marketing at unbridled.com. Again, my name is Joelle Morgan. I'm the host here, and we can't wait for you to join us again.